Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. Who oh, are, I'm are Amber. You? I'm Charnel. Oh, gosh. We, that was weird. We flipped it and it threw us off even. <laughs> I was looking at you like, what do I do what next? Do I say? That was fun. And what are we doing this week? And this week, I know it's been a minute, but I have yeah. a case this week and we're doing a special on a local case that we've had a lot of requests for. A lot. So finally, I was like, it's time. Mm-hmm. It's time to uh, to do this one. I'm sure most local people know this case if they listen to us around our county or Michigan in general. Mm-hmm. This is the case of the Skelton brothers, mm-hmm. Tanner, Alexander, and Andrew. Yep. Yeah, we've had a lot of requests for this one. So I'm glad that you are covering it. It's a horrific case. It is awful. Strap in. We're going to break this up into two parts for sure. And welcome back. We took a week off. We had a lot of extracurricular activities in the evenings for all of our children with the end of school activities. And so we just decided uh, trying to rush content out would not be good. We prefer to put out quality content. So hope you guys don't mind that we took a week off. And if you do, well, fuck you, because we did it anyway. So <laughs> Can't stop, won't yeah, stop. Sorry, life happens. But <laughs> We've been baking a lot. We have. Lots, Lots of, of sugar. Lots of sugar. That's right. So we are super happy to be back in the studio. Yeah. So before I start, I'm going to make my classic disclaimers about this case. Okay. Uh, Because I know it's a local case, we have local listeners. I know that probably some people know the family that we're going to talk about. Absolutely. I want to just put it out there that this case has so many variations of what happened. Mm -hmm. I've tried to cover all of them and include the scenarios but I'm just gonna say don't come at me correct if if you've heard a different version and you're like wait a second Mm -hmm. Bobby's sister's uncle's mother's cousin's brother said blah 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 right okay yeah because I tried I tried and there's just there's so many different scenarios of this case and so much information it's a challenge to get it all straight it is you know gossip is gossip and so Just know that any information that we say today is found in other sources, not just coming from the fact that we live near this area and know people connected to the case. I found a book on this case and a couple podcasts, Mm -hmm. and I will tell you, just even in listening to them and reading the book, there's a lot of different info. So I just wanted to make that disclaimer. The the point of this is to talk about the case because it's still unsolved. It is. Yes. So we want to keep it going because, I mean, it is, what, 12 years now? Yes. 12 years going? This family needs closure. Yeah. So, you know, if we could try to do a small part in helping that happen, that'd be great. I don't know. It's such a convoluted case. Yeah. And and I will even tell you, I remember so vividly when this all happened and I even remember as with most missing person cases the tips start coming in and I remember hearing all of the speculations yep my grandparents even owned a Christmas tree farm at the time 
And I remember them saying, like, gosh, we saw, because it was around Christmas, mm-hmm. and this was all still, like, they were searching. And um, I remember them saying, like, gosh, we saw three boys with a couple here, and we just, you know, they looked so much like the descriptions. Like, there were so many people that thought, well, we saw them yeah. here, or they were with this person here, and it was just, like, all of that stuff. It really, it muddied the case. It did. Yep. But yeah. I even, like, on my end, remember hearing stuff. Yep. So it's like. Me too. Wow. So, and I do have my own personal thought that uh, that I probably won't put into what I absolutely think happened to these children, just based between my work and um, all of the information and whatnot. And right. I'll try to refrain from keeping, we're not making any allegations against anybody. I'll probably keep my <sighs> sixth sense in my pocket. Mm-hmm. For this one. But, but you guys, you guys, as always, can make your own determination of what you think might have possibly happened to these three precious boys. Yeah. So All right. onwards and upward, my dear. Let's do it. So this is, it takes place in Morency, Michigan. And it, as we mentioned, it was 2010 that this happened. Um, for for those of you that don't know, Morency is a very classic small town. Oh, like, God, it's so small, you guys. Michigan small town mm-hmm. at its finest. Everybody knows everybody. Baseball games, summer festivities, like all of that good stuff. There's that, like a gas station. Yes. In town. It, she's small. Yes. And actually it was funny when I was listening to, there's a podcast that's that's really good on this. It's devoted to this case. It's like 11 episodes. Mm-hmm. And it's it's called Black Friday. And the people that do it, they travel down here to oh, our parts. I bet that was a trip. Banjo's playing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they are several times in the podcast like, it's so desolate. <laughs> it's so rural. And so it was just funny to hear desolate. them like, it's so secluded. That's such a harsh word. I mean, <laughs> yes. I bet it does seem like that to people who aren't used to our parts. Yes. They visit the Amish. They <laughs> visit, like, it was very entertaining to hear them like, oh my gosh, there's it's just so there's nothing out here and so. I love that they visited the Amish that's hilarious I was like listen we're doing fine here that's okay right. y'all leave us alone <laughs> there is horse shit in the middle of the road it's from the Amish buggies everything will be fine <laughs> we get oh, by okay we do we do before I tell you about the day that the boys went missing of course, I'm going to share a little bit about John Skelton, who is the father of the three boys, and their mother, Tanya. So according to the book that I read, she now goes by uh, Zuvers, mm-hmm. I believe is her, her name. I think it was her maiden name. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's changed since then, but that's, that's what I found. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But she was formerly Tanya Skelton. She grew up in a large, close-knit family who... Um, my understanding mostly lived around Morency area. And from all accounts that I could find, they seemed very supportive and loving to each other. They were very close. Tanya was married before she met John, and she had two older daughters before her marriage with John Skelton. So after Tanya met John, she did go on to have the three boys that we're talking about today, Tanner, Alexander, and Andrew. Moving on to John, he grew up a little bit differently than Tanya did. He was in a family that wasn't so close, and they um, were spread out between Michigan and Jacksonville, Florida, my understanding. And he spent a lot of his younger years in Florida. 
Tanya recalls, I will tell you, Tanya does a lot of interviews, so she speaks a lot, actually, about this this case with her boys. Yeah. And so she recalled John's family fighting a lot, and their relationships weren't very stable or full of affection. It sounds like they were very kind of up and down. Mm-hmm. like Back and forth. Yeah. One of the examples that I found is John's parents would come visit family members in Michigan and w- and John wouldn't even know it until they were like back in Florida. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. We were there. Yes, we were there. Yeah. Sorry, we missed you. Didn't take the time to come see you. So I just don't get a, cool. a good sense of like this family was bonded. I'd say. In healthy ways. Right. Healthy loving ways. Um, there was another story that I, I found that John's mother would... She would rip pictures up of the boys and mail them to John when they got into a fight. Like, she ripped up a picture. I think of it was Andrew. Um, and mailed mailed it to John. Super mature. So, just stuff like that. It cool, doesn't cool, sound cool. like... Grandma's an asshole. Right. Grandma... Awesome. ...wasn't, like, your baking cookies loving grandma from my... And from I'm, what I gathered. I'm going to guess, Amber, but I bet today with what happened with the boys, she's going to deny that that story is even true. Possibly. I also found info that his family were not very active in the search for the boys when all this was unfolded. Um, so it, I just, I don't know. I just don't know. That's actually why there's a lot of speculation that they were involved in no... Um, more than what they are telling is because of that. But it might be simply like you're saying because they weren't bonded. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The the situation with his family, I I would say, is very complicated. There's a lot of speculation about Mm -hmm. things with with that side. I just I got this impression of a distance between them. So maybe that's why they weren't actively helping. You know, I don't really know. But it definitely makes you raise an eyebrow when you read some of this stuff. For sure. And people do stupid things when they're mad. I mean, when she was ripping up those pictures, I'm sure she did not anticipate them going missing. Right. So, I mean, you know, right. hindsight. Can't imagine having bitch. that on your chest, though. Yeah, no kidding. So, John, he was described as a loner growing up. He preferred to be alone, and he was often kind of in his own little world a lot of times. Tanya actually recalls times that John was a good dad to the kids, he would teach them how to do things and play with them a lot. So it's not like their family was horrible all the time. Right. Like there's there's things, but it, there were good, like there were good memories right. as well. I think that's true for just all human beings. You know, we're not all of something all the time. Right. So like you and I, we're not always assholes. Just once in a while. <laughs> just just an occasional asshole moment. Yes, yes, you know. And so from what I read and from what I did hear Tanya actually speak on in, in the podcast that I listened to, things were not horrible until I would say like the year that this all unravels. Okay. I'm sure like with any relationship there was moments or drama. Sure. But she really describes everything unfolding in the last like around 2010. Yeah. So, so it all just like unraveled quick, hard, and fast. Yeah. That's the impression I get. Mm-hmm. So a couple, a little bit about them. John and Tanya, they married in 2002 after her first husband would file for divorce following some charges that Tanya did receive for criminal sexual conduct. Now, she is open and honest about these charges. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard her talk about them in her interviews. So she's not trying to hide these. Mm-hmm. 
John was aware of these charges. The oldest of the boys, Andrew, he was born in 2001. Following the other two boys, I think they were two years apart Mm -hmm. total. So um, they came over the next couple years. After the three boys were born, John's family, he felt, was complete. And he worked for a number of years with steady work. And I get the impression, like, these were the decent years. He was holding a job. Mm -hmm. She stayed home with the boys. Well, then John ended up losing his job. I didn't find out why, but he lost this job that he had for a while. So then he started to be home more. Mm -hmm. John and Tanya were married approximately 10 years. And like I said... For most of that time, Tanya and John seemed happy, and then he got this idea in his head that he really wanted to move to Florida. I don't know if it's because he had lost his job, and he thought, I'm going to get work down there. The boys can go to school. Like He had this idea that Florida was going to be, it's just going to make life better. Have better opportunities. And his family, he had family down there, right? Yep, he had family down there. If you've ever been in a Michigan winter. Right in the middle of January, it'll tell you that Florida looks appealing. Right, you know, shoveling the that oceans and snow. Yeah, of course, I think Florida's great. appealing in February. Me too. In Michigan, I've <laughs> contemplated it more times than I care to admit. Yeah. So, the the problem with this is that Tanya wasn't like Tanya wasn't super crazy about moving to Florida. Mm-hmm. She had her charges that. Basically, she would have had to go through some hoops to move okay. to a different state. And have to register. And right? Yes. Yeah. So there were some things. Like, they couldn't just up and move to okay. Florida. And the other part is she didn't love the idea of Florida. From what she said, sure. it was like the mugginess and yeah, August the heat Jan- on that July. undercarriage. I don't know. Oof. I get it, she wasn't. She wasn't loving it. So yeah. it, it's not – it was – that's when the divide started. Do you know how many times you have to change your underwear as a woman in Florida in oh, the summer? I bet swamp ass is a thing for so sure. So much. So much. Every time I visit it, three times the amount of underwear that I regularly need, yeah. I take. Yeah. yeah. I use them all, people. You're going to go through a couple pairs. Yeah, down at there least. In the so heat. I get it, Tanya. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't love muggy weather either, so I would think about that too, like, oh, Ma- Mama doesn't uh, cool down well. No, yes, you run hot. I do. Oh, I run sure. hot. So I get it. She she was kind of resistant to it, and this is what started causing problems. Okay, so he was them. really, really wanting to go, and, like really yeah. wanting to go. Yeah, that's too bad. So according to Tanya, around September tenth, what it would have been of two thousand ten. This is when John really got the spark up his ass. Like <laughs> I, we're moving to Florida. Remember when we first started, you wouldn't even say ass. I do. I've grown so much. You have. I love who you're becoming, Amber. Just this trucker talking. This hot sailor is what you are. (laughs) Can that be my nickname, please? (laughs) You've turned into a hot Um, sailor. I'm a hot, feisty sailor. You once didn't even want to say dick. (laughs) I remember, like, in an early episode. Look at me now. I need a tattoo. I I feel like that's the next step. Yeah. So John's urge became so strong to move to Florida that he actually ends up picking the boys up from school and saying the family was going on vacation to Florida, and he literally just takes them. Oh, T- Tanya calls John immediately because the school, they called her and was like, they were like, I'm confused. Yeah. I, nobody mentioned a vacation, and John just picked the boys up. And she's like, oh, God, you know. Yeah. So she calls him immediately, and he was like, the boys and I are going on vacation. 
you said you didn't want to go with us. NBD. Uh, like, okay. She's like, um, you never said anything about going on vacation. You had mentioned moving. Permanently moving. To Florida. But so he up and took the boys and, and went down there. She also had discovered that John had set up an appointment with an attorney before he had left mm-hmm. for Florida. Mm-hmm. He told Tanya that he was taking the the boys. I also want to mention, if I say Tanya, I apologize. My brain keeps reads, wanting to say Tanya, Tanya, but yeah, it, is Tanya. it is Tanya. So yeah. You haven't yet. Oh, good. You're okay. doing good. I thought I maybe just had said it. But anyway, he told Tanya he was taking the boys to Florida for three weeks, and he was going to go down and look for a job. He was going to put the kids in school down there for three weeks because okay. that's super easy to just do. Yeah, to just plug them, pick them from one school and plug them into yeah. the next. Oh, I, it's I'll all the same. I'll just put them in school for a couple weeks here. Not a not a big deal at all. Now, obviously, this did not sit well with Tanya. I mean, as clearly it wouldn't with any mother. That It sits about as well as sitting on a cactus. Yes. Yeah. Right. No. <laughs> oh, so she herself contacted an attorney immediately absolutely to see what she could do to keep john from leaving the state literally parental napping her children yes so the answer she got was file for divorce and emergency custody of the kids that's what the advice was that she got she also tried to lure john back to the house with the kids because my understanding is they were en route as this was all like going transpiring so she tried to get him to come back because he was kind of like just driving around with them before he had headed down to Florida. And so she used this pa- the paperwork scheme of like, well, if you're going to go to Florida and you're going to enroll them in school, you really should have their birth certificate. So, right. you know, you might want to just come back and, um, you know, let me look. Right. Okay. So... She and meanwhile, like she had now, I don't know how quickly this like all unraveled because she was kind of talking about it in pieces in an interview. But my understanding is that she really stalled because she was having paperwork made up by the attorney Mm -hmm. to have like him served with the divorce papers while he was there. Mm -hmm. So she's like taking her time looking, you know. Under rugs and <laughs> under couch cushions. Back of the Tupperware cupboard. Yes, like, oh, no. Not here. No uh, birth certificates yeah, here. I get the impression she's like really trying to drag this out while he, because he did come back mm-hmm. with the kids. So she's just like, you know, really milking this so the papers could be delivered by the police. So this is like the worst luck ever. So during this time, you know, John's waiting. She's looking for the, the paperwork. Out of all of the attorneys in Lenawee County that she could have possibly called, she ends up calling the same attorney that John had contacted. Yeah. The same one. And so he ends up calling John. There are like three of them. All three. I mean. So she picks the one that uh, he had contacted. Of course. And he had made an appointment with this attorney. So the attorney calls John while he's there. While John's at the house and is like, listen, I'm going to have to um, cancel my appointment with you because your wife has just um, hired me, basically. Now, I don't know if she had... Retained me. Right. Like, I don't know if she had paid him right away. I'm not really sure, but obviously, like, he Probably. dropped John. Yeah. So, John loses his shit. Yeah. Freaks out. And this is how John ends up 
uh, leaving Michigan with the boys after this happened. Now, when he flips out, they were able, excuse me, they were able to grab the youngest boy. So he couldn't take uh, Tanner, I believe. Mm -hmm. And, but he was able to get the two older ones. They were playing outside. So when he goes on his rampage, he goes outside and he demands that the, the two older ones go with him. But they were able to, I think her sister or cousin was there too and ended up grabbing Tanner so he couldn't take the little one. Mm-hmm. But he gets the other two and he does end up taking off to Florida. From what Tanya said, he was just in a state of rage and he almost ran her sister over leaving mm-hmm. and just like peeled out mm-hmm. with his children Mm-hmm. In the car, mm-hmm. probably di- driving like a crazy right. maniac. He does end up making it to Florida with the two children. And just, then when just the, a, a quick 18-hour drive, right? if you're not familiar, from Michigan. Right. Just a quick little jaunt across the, the country. The entire country. But when they get there, the boys even called to, to wish Tanya a happy birthday. So I don't know what was going on. Like This is on her birthday. It was, it was probably, yeah, it was probably near it. Yes. Oh my gosh. Cause they call, they're like, Hey, happy birthday. We're here. You know, they happened to mention that they were at John's friend's house. They were staying with her name was Hillary and Tanya knew Mm -hmm. of this friend. So she was like, okay, I know, I know Hillary. Like I know her where she lives. So she was able to grab the address and report it to the police and they were able to go locate the boys mm-hmm. at that house. Now, because Tanya had involved, she involved the Jacksonville police in all of this. So it wasn't as easy as bringing the boys home because the court kind of got involved down there. Okay. So it got a yeah, little now complicated. We've got different jurisdictions. Jacksonville, yes. Florida. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it wasn't just like, here, the boys can come back home. There was the judge down there actually wanted to speak to both of them before anything happened. Okay. He's trying to make sure that he is doing his due diligence and not sending them back to an abusive, horrific right. situation. Like, hey, I want to feel this situation out. Like, yeah. Why did he go all the way down here with yep. the kids? This, this and- seems extreme. So what was he trying to possibly, you know, save his right. children from or whatever? Okay. So they both obtained attorneys down there in Florida to represent them. Of course, right away, John brings up Tanya's sex offender charge to throw that against her of course and the judge wasn't having that because he even was like you knew about this before you you married her her. so Mm -hmm. and like I said my understanding is she does not keep this charge a secret right she's open about it yeah that didn't work in his favor and what the judge ended up deciding to do is he decided that the couple would have joint custody across state lines this was confusing to me but so they had joint custody to get the boys back to michigan then once back to michigan the boys were to be with tanya and john could not like have visiting rights until further evaluation i was like that's kind of okay different different but yeah, so once back in Michigan, the, circ- the circumstances obviously didn't sit well with John because he wasn't getting to see the boys without her permission. Mm-hmm. I think he could still see them if she allowed it, okay. but that was, like, put into her hands. So John began to John began to ask Tanya if they could work things out for the kids after they all got back to Michigan. Like, hey, 
Sorry about that little <laughs> Right. That was outburst. a hiccup. <laughs> I'm Can better. Can we work on this? <laughs> I've decided I'm better now. Yeah. <laughs> about that little trip to Florida. Right. But Tanya said she knew that the marriage was over at this point. Like, she could never trust him again sure. after he did this. However, it sounds like from getting advice from her attorney, she said it would really look favorable if Tanya allowed John to see the children. Sure. And have those visits for the divorce. Right. So trying I, to show the parental cooperation. Yeah, like this might this will look in your favor for custody. It'll yeah. look in favor for the divorce if you do allow him to have some parenting mm-hmm. time. So she did allow him to have the boys. And she also kind of indicated that she went along with this working things out. And I mean, she knew that it wasn't going to work, but she was kind of trying to keep the peace with him. Yes. I think Mm -hmm. that's really what it boils down to of like, she knew it was done, but she was like, I just want to make this as smooth as possible while this is all working out. So sure, we can see what happens. Let's see. However, they did end up living in separate homes when when they came back to Florida, or I'm sorry, from from Florida. Um, Tanya went and lived with a family member, and John remained in the family home. But my understanding is they were super close together. Mm-hmm. Like the the sister or the family's um, house that Tanya went to, it was like a block away, and you could see into the yard of of the family house because so. that's Morenci. Yes, you can. <laughs> That's all of Marenzi right, right there. It's right. The two it, houses, a block, basically. <laughs> so yep. this was kind of an issue because John could see, like see into the driveway of the other house, so he right. knew when they were gone, yeah. when she was leaving, and if would, people were there. Right. Yeah. So he was obviously monitoring those things. Yes. And it was it was her older daughter's house that she was staying at. By the way, I couldn't remember, but that's remember who lived either. close by. Mm-hmm. So my understanding, the couple even attended a few counseling sessions together in an attempt to, like, work this out. I don't know if that was advice from the attorney, too. Like, you know, or the court, like, hey, it will look favorable if you had tried to work this out first or made the efforts. One of the things that John did when they were separated is he ended up, so while they were living separate separately, the... Co-parenting was going okay for a while. John was taking the kids for visits, and he was doing okay with that. Then one weekend, he decided that he was going to tell the boys why their mom had been to jail and all the details of what she had done. So they go back home, and they have a lot of questions for their mom, like, what happened? You know, why did you do this? And and so she was obviously very, very upset about this. Yeah, definitely. Was it even accurate information that he <laughs> told her? You know, I don't know. It. She didn't say one way or mm-hmm. another. She was actually talking about this in an interview and I don't know if it was like really embellished information or if he really just told her told them the truth which they they're little yeah so telling all the details of that to his children not appropriate you know at all yeah so I think this threw a wrench in some of the like civil co-parenting that was going on and certainly rightfully I mean she is irate so she calls John unleashes on him Mm -hmm. I can't say I wouldn't do the same right Now, this is all kind of unfolding, getting closer to Thanksgiving 2010. And this is tragically when everything unfolds around this time. I can't imagine this being like a holiday and having all this happen. No. You know, that's your memory of that holiday. So what ends up happening 
is they got into a really nasty fight over this. And, you know, I don't know what was said. I don't know the details. You know, after this fight, Tanya, she ends up taking her boys over to her parents' house. I don't know what the details were about that, if she had plans. But the parents had the boys for a little while. And then the arrangement was that John was supposed to pick the boys up from her parents' house. Mm -hmm. So things are not good between them at this point. The, The holidays coming up and John has his family, you know, his visit his holiday visit with the boys coming up. So Tanya drops the boys off and very, very heartbreakingly, she did not know that she would never see the boys again mm-hmm. at this point. So, and that just like hurts my soul to say. And it also hurts my soul because this is actually where I'm going to stop and you leave are? you. You're leaving yes. us right here. We do have a lot of skeleton case for you. So I am going to stop you at this point and leave you for part two where everything happens and oh my gosh very tragically unfolds okay i am really shocked that you're leaving us right now <laughs> like i don't even i didn't know. i didn't tell you where i was gonna you stop didn't. So, so you're I like didn't think that it was gonna be here it is wow okay so before i leave you cold and alone trembling and crying so cold i'm sure there's people out there that are like what you asshole for sure and i apologize but we're not assholes all the time just no just today so i am gonna leave you with a brain bath that's really good okay before we hop over to part two all right so this the title of this is just it's amazing um it says woman tries to flee police drives into wet concrete and gets stuck I am woman. This would so be me. This yep. is why I wouldn't commit a crime because I would be the one to get stuck in the cement. And the picture, I mean, <sighs> she got actually pretty far. Did she? <laughs> Holy shit. Before she realized, like, I'm she, not getting out of this. She tried. Like, she tried to get through that, but eventually. Those poor <laughs> cement workers. That was a lot of hard work. I bet they was like, are you fucking kidding me? But no, she's like, she's sunk. She's <laughs> sunk in. She's not <laughs> leaving. But she re- actually did get probably, what, 20 feet in there? At least. She's now a permanent part of that driveway. A for effort. Wow. My favorite part, a 53-year-old <laughs> Rochester, Minnesota, Minnesota woman. Minnesota. She, yep. 53 Living her best. Knows better. (laughs) She caused between $30,000 and $40,000 worth of damage. Yikes. After she drove through a barricade and got stuck in wet concrete. Stuck hard. Um, This was after a police officer attempted a traffic stop. Probably for like a fucking taillight out. (laughs) (laughs) And she panics and flees. She she must have been hiding something. I don't know. It says around 5.30 p.m., a Rochester police officer activated the squad's emergency lights and sirens. And the driver yelled into a microphone, oh, look, I'm getting pulled over. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What? That's what it says. Oh, she did was she have high. a mic. Why did she have? A, I'm so like curious. a megaphone. I hope it was. It was says she yelled a into a microphone? Cheerleader. I I hope it was a megaphone. She's like, oh look, oh, look. I'm getting pulled over. <laughs> oh, the driver Lord. then caught off oncoming traffic to turn on to Seventh Street Northeast from Silver Lake Drive. And accelerated at a high rate of speed, attempting to flee. 
The officer watched the driver continue at a high rate of speed, strike a construction sign, and drive approximately 150 feet into wet concrete. Oh, not I imagine 20 just like feet? standing there watching her. 150 feet. Like, I love, <laughs> she did yeah, the damn thing. She did. 150 feet. And I, I would love to just stand and watch I that. I think whole thing. he like, did because it's it, the next, very next part says it's department policy not to pursue vehicles unless the person is. Uh, driving in such a reckless manner that there's a threat to <laughs> life. So I'm. they literally probably were just like... They stopped their hot okay. pursuit yeah. because she's no longer a threat. She's not getting anywhere. Yeah, she's done. Did she say, oh shit, into the <laughs> megaphone when she was... Stuck? I hope so. And it looks like, oh my gosh, this is just too much. So she was fleeing. So she, she got charged with two counts of fleeing police. Did she flee on foot through the cement? <laughs> there was footprints. And got cement shoes? There was footprints. Maybe she did. Oh, my gosh. Look, there are some exiting. Oh, Amber, she, she fled on foot. The reason? She didn't have insurance. Shut up! No! Princess charged with uh, having no insurance. That's almost as bad as my sarcastic taillight comment. I was thinking like drugs. For something. sure. Something terrible up the anus Drugs in the booty. Yeah, yeah, like something. No, no insurance. Which these oh. days with, with rates being what they are. I, mean, I don't blame her. Maybe it's worth a, a flea. That's unfortunate because, you know, she doesn't have insurance probably because she can't afford it. Yeah. And so she knows she's going to get a ticket get that she fines. also can't afford. And so instead, she does $40,000 worth of damage, ends up with jail time, and cement shoes. Oh, this poor lady. <laughs> yeah, and she'll probably have to pay all those oh, yeah. fines. Oh, Is it wrong that I almost go out for her? I do, too. I think it's because she made herself a hero by saying into the megaphone. <laughs> yes. Oh, look, I'm That's getting That's my favorite over. part. She was probably like, all right, this is it. I'm go- going we're down going big. big. Yep. Yeah. If I'm going down... It's going to be this She way. had made the decision that she was going to flee because of the no insurance. She then looked over, saw her old cheerleading megaphone, and thought, <laughs> when am I ever going to get this, this opportunity again? Yep, absolutely. She's seize, kind of my hero. Seize the day. <laughs> it might be the wrong day, but seize this day. She's my hero. I, her name wasn't mentioned, but whoever you are, like, thank you. I can't be mad Thank at you, you for what you did. Of course, it wasn't my cement driveway you ruined. That's so, true. Or my work. Oh, I wonder if she had to pay that back. Yeah, I bet she did. That all, oh, out. Yikes. Wow. So, yeah. Thanks. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's your brain bath. I, I appreciated it. it. I really liked it. Um, If you're a Patreon, just hop on over to your next episode. You get to listen to all the two-parters right away. If you're not, feel free to join us at crimecuriouspatreon.com. You're completely You can get part two out. immediately. Yes. And not only that, but a, I don't know, a year and a half worth of extra content oh, that yeah. our extra other episodes. Patreons have been getting and you're missing out on. Brain so. baths. We're doing a brain bath on grocery store horrors this afternoon. We like, are. It's going to be fantastic. May's, May's brain bath only episode for our $10 a month patreons it's, it's priceless it's worth more yeah. than ten dollars i'll tell you that <laughs> <laughs> yes so lots of extra content on there um otherwise hang tight for a few days and we'll bring you part two on sunday and um keep it curious keep coming back to us and listening thanks for listening to us and we will talk to you next time bye bye bye